what I'm drawing up here is a world view. that we're going to endorse and, and speak about um, as we, as we uh, go through this week. Um, obviously, that don't work very good, does it? I'm not an artist like Brandon is. You soon tell that. But um, this is really outside of my box to even be drawing at all. So... Here's what we have. This is a world view that we're going to be talking about, that we're going to present. And, and one thing I do want to say again at the onset, a lot of what I'm going to present today is controversial. I'll just be right up front with that. Um, you start talking about the origin or, or um, getting to know the enemy and the devil and, and our enemy, where he was, there's just a world of conflict and, and discussion and controversy about that, maybe even including this worldview. But at some point we gotta draw a line, we gotta move forward, we gotta talk. So, so I'm just saying right up front with what I'm gonna to share today, if you see it a little different way, if you don't think that's quite right, you are totally at liberty to think that. I wanna bless you in that. We just wanna to share together and teach together. So, that's a disclaimer. Worldview. <coughs> Um, better get my notes out here. This here is the divine. This is the divine realm up here. This is, this is the eternal heavenly. This is where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, exist. This is where they, they live. This is where they, they operate. Um, called the divine. This down here, um, we will call this. Um, this is the this is the world. This is people. This is the the human. <coughs> this is the human realm right here. We've got the divine realm. This is the earth. We've got the the human realm. Um, what shall we use? Let's use green. I don't know if you'll be able to see this yellow here or not. We're going to do this. Let's move that up. This realm here, we are going to call the angelic realm, or we will call it the celestial realm. This realm exists between the eternal, the divine, and the human. This is a realm of existence that 
that Paul talks about as celestial or the angelic realm. That is the worldview that we intend to present. This book says, speaking of Christian warfare, I want to address you through my part of the messages this week as a boot camp of a battalion of soldiers. That's the way we're going to address you. This is not school. This is not just to kind of learn some nice little things. This is boot camp of the eternal warfare of Jesus Christ and the devil. And your place in it. This writer says, True Christendom is far from the hurdy-gurdy entertainment of modern Christendom. It is not to be confused with the luxury living and pleasure seeking that are so rampant today. Rather, and I want you to listen to this, it is a struggle to the death. An unceasing conflict against the forces of hell. No disciple or no soldier is worth his salt who does not realize that the battle is drawn and there is no turning back. This is not child's play. This is not some um, godly playground. This is war! And by the help of God, we want to have a little boot camp this week. Today, in a couple of our uh, sessions, we are actually soldiers going to be dropping back in behind enemy lines. I, when I think of warfare, and I think of, of, of uh, probably the worst place to be would be in the airplane that gets dropped, when a soldier gets dropped down behind the enemy line in enemy territory. That's where we're going. And that's why I bless the Lord for the prayers and the songs that we sang. Because this is not child's play. Kurt said, he's a black and white person. And I'm going to tell you, the last few months of my experience has drawn the line of black and white. It is absolutely real and serious. Today, we want to talk about knowing the enemy. We want to go to, we're just going to go to three passages of Scripture this morning as we talk about knowing the enemy. Um, <clears throat> you know, when um, I've shared this before, I think, in public, when, when I was uh, first converted and baptized in, in the first uh, first verse that 
that I really remember memorizing, kind of maybe my shame, at least at least to where I really wanted to apply it to my life, was 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. It's kind of easy to remember. It's, it's like, you know, 2, 2, 4. And, and that is this, that, that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So, what I want to say today is, we are a group of Bible-believing, converted people. We're not here to present this in a, an, evangelic, an evangelistic way to you. You've already been there. You've already done that. Now we are engaged. This book says that, that this is battle. This is to the death. And I mean to the death. I have heard that with my own ears. You've been chosen to be a soldier. Let's go to Isaiah 14. Again, a couple of these passages of Scripture are very controversial. I, I'll just I'll say very, they are controversial. Some say, no, 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 I don't even mean that at all. And some say, oh, yes, 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 it does. So, so anyways, we're just going to move forward in this and... And present it as, as how I would see it or believe it, and we trust the Lord will, will work with that and bless that. <clears throat> Isaiah 14. First of all, there's three areas I want to, to present to you today. And that is our enemy in his original state. I want, to, I want to start there first. If we're really going to know the enemy, then I want to present him in his original state. Secondly, as we move on, I want you to cover an area that I call a self-proclaimed enemy to God. So we hope to get into that. And then lastly, we're not going to spend a lot of time there. I've just got written down thus, the enemy of humanity slash saints. Okay, Isaiah 14, one verse. We're talking about our enemy in his original state. We find here in Isaiah 14, verse 12, in the middle of the verse, there is this phrase, Lucifer, son of the morning. That phrase, Lucifer, son of the morning. That means Lucifer, day star. That means bright shining one. That means one that, that um, <clears throat> is the sun of the morning. Actually, it's what Lucifer actually means. Sun of the morning. That is his original state. Uh, one book I read, or one thing I read said that they thought he was one of the twelve original archangels. I don't know where they came up with twelve, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, um, arguing that. But in my heart, I believe that he was created an archangel. I believe that. An archangel means an angel who is 
over other angels. In the Catholic Church, there's bishops, and then there's the archbishop. He is a bishop over other bishops. I believe that. Maybe you don't. I do. Proper name for him, Lucifer. Son of the morning. Bright shining one. That's why I've got this up here with, in yellow with, with the rays going out. He is an archangel. Let's go to Ezekiel 28. An easy way to remember these two chapters is Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. You just double the 14, you got it. That's just one way I've learned to remember these through the years. We'll be coming back to Isaiah 14 in a little bit. Ezekiel 28. Um, One thing I was going to point out there, and I forgot just the verse before. You don't have to turn back there, but... Well, I'll get to that in a little bit. Ezekiel 28. We will start uh, at verse 12. Now, one thing I did want to say is really these two prophecies are prophecies concerning men, concerning leaders. Uh, that th- uh, This one here uh, is concerning the king of Tyrus. And there in, in Isaiah 14, it was concerning the king of, of uh, Babylon. So I'm not taking that away, saying that, no, this doesn't mean that it's a prophecy against them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in that prophecy, it portrays a deeper meaning. Another portrayal of the truth that we want to talk about today. And that is the original state of our enemy. Chapter 12, or chapter 28, Ezekiel 28, verse 12. In the middle of the verse, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. That means He was uh, probably as a sum total one of the most magnificent all summed together, the most complete, the most exact heavenly being. I don't know. I, I almost wonder if maybe this should be up here. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions I have that I can't give you answers about. But He is complete in wisdom. He is perfect in beauty. And, and the point that I'm going to make here is our enemy is not some ugly, snarling, gross, creepy, yucky thing. He is beautiful. Full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Verse 13 kind of gives you an indication of why at least some scholars think this is speaking of Lucifer or um, of the devil. Thou hast been in the Garden of Eden. Every precious stone, verse 13, was thy covering. And it lives this big, long list of stones. All I'm saying is, and I don't know what all that means, but he was just exquisitely beautiful. 
just tremendously beautiful in his original state. Uh, we go on down into verse 13. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. He is a created being. Um, there's some difference of opinion about what some of these words mean, but if I wanted to go there in Ezekiel 14, right the verse prior to that. It talked about the vials, V-I-O-L-S, that was a part of Lucifer. And here in this verse, it talks about tabrets. I want to make a special point here. Vials means it's a an ancient musical instrument that kind of preceded the viola or the violin. V-I-O-L. Musical instrument. Tabrets. Uh, you'll find dual definitions to the word tabret, but if you go through Scripture, it means a lot of times it's included with, with groups of musical instruments, harps and so on. And from what I can tell is it means like cymbals or maybe a tambourine. The point I want to make is, and we've heard this, Colonel, what's that brother's name in Kansas to give the music talk? Lynn Works. thank you. I could just drew a blank. Lynn Works is first I ever, ever, ever thought about it as he presented his music talk. He said that he felt like Lucifer in his original state was, had internal music coming out of him. It was part of his makeup. You think about that. And you think about where we're at today. I don't know if Grant or Joe spoke specifically about that, but to me it's just like, maybe that melodious music, maybe God even gives that to Lucifer. Maybe he was the melody of heaven at one time. I don't know. You think about that. Let's go on. Uh, verse 14, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Anointed cherub. That is a special cherub. A cherub is an angel. A cherub is, uh, from what I've read, and I, I, I can't prove this, is it's maybe a higher level of existence over the seraphim. Cherubim are over seraphim. Uh, the Bible talks about them. Um, the anointed cherub that covereth. Many times when you read about a cherub, they have wings that are outstretched. Perfect example is the Ark of the Covenant. There was two cherub there with outstretched stretched wings. They had a covering. They had a, a, uh, an overreaching, a, a uh, kind of an overshadowing, maybe even a guardian type existence. Lucifer in his original state. <clears throat> thou wast upon the holy mountain of God and, and thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire, and, and I, I referenced the Scripture back in Exodus, and I'm not sure what all that means. It just, 
in Exodus, it talks about God walking on the holy mountain and on, on uh, stones of sapphire and so on. Uh, it's like it's something that, that, that where God walked and He said, right there is who? Lucifer, right with Him. I just see a, a, a real beautiful um, person, angel, cherub, in the heavenly realms in His, in his original state. Verse 15, Thou wast perfect in thy ways. He was perfect in his ways. I see Lucifer in the angelic celestial realm being somewhat of an overarching angel. Absolutely, exquisitely beautiful absolutely wise, absolutely musical, absolutely perfect in all of His ways. Until. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. Something happened. The self-proclaimed enemy to God. He was a created being, obviously had been given some degree of choice. I don't know. There's a lot that I don't know. But all I know is that he was the cherub covered. That something happened. Verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned. First John 3 says, He sinneth from the beginning. John 8, Jesus said, He was a murderer from the beginning. I don't know what all that means. But something happened. We read on in... Um, Verse 17. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Pride. That's all I can see out of this is some elevated, self-promoting degree of pride soon overwhelmed him because of his own beauty, because of his um, own wisdom, that something started welling up in him, that started elevating his own image of of his own self because of his brightness, etc., etc. Verse 18, Thou hast defiled the sanctuaries 
by the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic. I don't know what all that means, but it just tells me that he even started defiling the holy place. Because sin entered in. Iniquity entered in. We're going to go back to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, um, we started out in chapter 12, or verse 12 there, and we're kind of hopping over a bunch of these um, proclamations against him because we just want to show you what happened in the mind of our enemy. Verse 13 of Isaiah 14, For thou hast said in thine heart, this is Lucifer, this is after he started getting these high and mighty feelings about himself. Thou hast said, I will ascend into heaven. And my, my own thoughts in that is that he says, I'm going to start climbing rank of my own power. In fact, I even have a desire to start going up into here. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Stars. You see, we've depicted all of these as stars. Stars. Um, angels. Princes. There's two or three words that you'll see just used interchangeably a lot through the Scripture. Revelation 1 is a good one. You know, when Jesus was walking there and, and, and He had seven stars in His hand and they were the, the, the angels of the churches. One classic place where they're used interchangeably. Um, princes is used, and we'll get to some of that here in a little bit. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I don't have a great explanation about that. I did look it up some, and, and one thing I did find was that in uh, Canaanite mythology, I think is what I read, um, there is some northern mountains where supposedly the gods would assemble. It was a place where they would assemble and congregate. I don't know. But it sort of makes sense And Lucifer says, I'll go there and I'll ascend even above them. You may have some different thoughts on that. Verse 14. I... 
will be like the Most High. I want you to remember that phrase. I will be like the Most High. That is very, very key, soldiers, to know that phrase and know that that is His intent. He's not saying, I'm going to create some other goofy thing out here. He says, I am going to be like the Most High God. One is, I think, it just simply explains the exalted position that he proudfully wanted to go to. But the other is, and I think it's more key, soldiers, is that he is going to start being a like of the Most High. Don't forget that, soldiers. You're going to need to know that. I just want to catch one little verse here while we're here. And this is sort of out of the context of what we're saying, but I just it just struck me the other night, and I just thought, wow. And that's verse 17. And this is a description of him. And the last phrase of verse 17, it says, He is the one that opened not the house of his prisoners. That spoke big to me. Really big. He is the one that opened not the house of his prisoners. That gives you soldiers a little bit of a glimpse of where we're going. We want to go to Revelation chapter 12. Again, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not a great big prophecy student. Many prophecies have different meanings and different timetables and so on, and I'm not the person to ask all of this. But I have learned in my brief life's experience that just because you don't fully understand everything don't mean that you just ignore it and don't ever go there. So excuse my blundering through this if you have different thoughts on it. That's okay. But there's some truths here that I think absolutely have profound effect on this world view. And it's going to have profound effect on our understanding of the enemy. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. If there is a phrase that I would like to hold out and hold up before us today, that is this phrase, there was war in heaven. Now, we're talking about the self-proclaimed enemy of God. 
He says, I am going to exalt myself. I'm going to ascend rank. I'm going to be like the Most High. Now, I don't know how all this played out. But in my mind, here's what I would say. Now, we saw about archangels a little bit ago. Gabriel, I think, would fit into one of those. Gabriel is a name that we hear many times. He's the messenger angel. He came to, to, uh, to, to Mary there, and, and, and many times in the book of Daniel and so on, you'll read about, about Gabriel, who is the messenger. He's bringing messages from God. He said, I came from God to bring you the message. So we see this realm in here getting, getting, uh, uh, messages Gabriel from here, and he's taking them down here to the human uh, level of of the worldview. Michael, you'll read about Michael. Every time you read about Michael, he is doing war. He is doing battle. And this is a classic right here. I'm going to suggest this is more opinion than anything. Now when Lucifer, the day star, finally got so corrupt in his mind and his agenda started moving forward, however that looked, that God said, Michael, it's time for battle. No one is going to take the place of the Almighty God. There was war in heaven. We're in Revelation 12, verse 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. I don't know. That is a cosmic conflict. But now what we have found in here... In this realm right here, this realm has become a realm <clears throat> not only angelic, not only celestial, the realm of warfare. Was and is, soldiers, very much so. Now we've got angels fighting against angels. War in heaven. I can't even imagine it. I simply can't imagine it. Michael and his angels warring against Lucifer, against the dragon and his angels. Dragon, serpent, they're all synonymous words here. <clears throat> Just a description of the revelator. Anyways, 
And the dragon fought in his angels, and they prevailed not. Notice that. They prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. Now, I don't know the timing of all this. I, there's a lot of things I just don't understand. We'll just move on. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the world, he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Just out of a point of interest, Satan, we got those two names here now, devil and Satan. Satan, as I have understood, is actually a Hebrew word. Uh, devil is actually a Greek word. And they both have the definition of accuser. You might make note of that, soldiers. That's what that means. Accuser. And of course we'll read... Or we're not actually going to read it, but you will read that a little farther on in this chapter. Now we want to jump back up to verse 4. And his tail, and this is speaking of a dragon which was described earlier, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. So what we have now is something that, if I can get my artistic ability going here, that looks like this. Not a very good artistic ability. Let's try it again. I practiced this at home. Still not working very good. Nope. All right. <clears throat> Do it quicker. I know this is a really bad depiction of what I'm trying to show. Pentagram. It's an upside down star. Try to draw one sometime if you want to. You might hear them referred to as goat's heads. This could be the 
horns, his ears, and his beard. A pentagram is symbolic of the demonic. I'm telling you, soldiers, symbolism is huge in the demonic. And it's very, very real. A lot about it I don't understand. All I know is that in my experience, when one of these was found and destroyed, the demonic went wild. Now we have the original state of that cherub has now fallen to here. Three stars represented of a third of the stars were cast out. I don't know what all that means. Cast out to the earth, on the earth, I'm not sure. All I know is he lost his original existence. He has been cast out and now is in this realm of warfare. This realm of warfare has direct effect on this realm called humanity. Soldiers, it does! Really does! What makes it so difficult for us is We are flesh, and this is spirit. Just like Jesus said about spirit, he said, you can't see it. So it's just like wind. He's talking about the good spirit. You can't see it. All you can see is the effects it has. That's all you can see. By the effects, we are convinced and know the reality and truth of the existence of it. And un dying faith in the Word of God and the existence of Jesus Christ. He wants to be like the Most High. I just want to give this, we're not going to even turn there, but if you want to just write down uh, Revelation 9, verse 11, um, just for a, 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 a little um, more description there. You'll, you'll find there's a description of this bottomless pit that got the lid taken off and these horrible 
tormenting creatures was coming out, and it, and it talks about uh, the one who was was uh, king or ruler over that pit, and and his name was Abaddon or Apollyon. And and as I looked that up, the the Hebrew or the Abaddon is the Hebrew word, and Apollyon is the Greek word. Uh, Abaddon means a destroying angel, and Apollyon just simply means a destroyer. Now that's starting to get you the flavor of the enemy. He has established his own trinity. And, and this is getting in the area we're not going to spend any time with, but, 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 um, you have like the dragon and the beast and the false prophet. Uh, different things like that, that that you can really study and it starts getting interesting how he tries to be like the Most High. But one thing I want to leave with you clearly is this. One way that he wants to be like the Most High is this. He loves glory and He lusts after worship. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast on earth. Two points I've tried to make that are very key right now. One is, Lucifer was a beautiful, attractive being. He was not created some snarly, ugly-looking, creepy thing. He was beautiful. He was very wise. Secondly, soldiers, as it pertains to us, you and humanity is not His worst enemy. God is. There was one verse I did want to go to, and we're just going to do it right now. It's in Revelation 17. And I know we're whipping this all out of context too, but I just want to get this uh, 
particular little phrase because it's very important. In Revelation 17, we're just going to start right here at uh, verse 14. Um, it's talking about the results of the beast and, and, and different kings and so on. Um, but verse 14 says, These shall make war with the Lamb. I just want that phrase. I know I'm just kind of pulling it out there. But it is so important. There has been war in heaven. And this evil one hates Jesus Christ. I have heard that with my ears over and over again. You are not His worst enemy. The reason He hates you is because Jesus loves you. That's a good enough reason. Let's go back to Revelation 12. And again, I'm just going to pull another Scripture out because we could just spend a whole week's time of time in some of these areas. Revelation 12, verse 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now what you see is this arena of warfare now includes this arena right here. He has come to make war with the remnant. And I know a lot of this is probably future tense and so on. But I think it's a real present reality, soldiers, that this enemy is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. I have heard that with my own ears. He Hate you, soldiers! I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that. If for no other reason, because God loves us. The last point I want to make before we close. I just want to ask you a question. If you as Adam, or if any of you sisters as Eve, do you think you would have been any more successful than they were when it came to dealing with the devil? 
I don't think I would have. The point I want to make here before we close is this. Soldiers, I'm probably speaking more now of humanity in general, we are no match for the devil. Absolutely none. He's spirit or flesh. He had an existence of creation that is so far above anything we can imagine. And the Bible says he is more subtle than any other beast. That includes you. I hate to close a message on such a negative. But I'm going to. I want to establish in our hearts and our minds the absolute need of higher help. I don't think this is the case, but if there's anyone in this room that thinks that they really don't need higher help, you're doomed. Let's pray. Lord, we're getting deep into enemy territory. Father, anoint us, baptize us, surround us, and fill us with your Holy Spirit. This battle, Lord, is bigger than we are. We are utterly, hopelessly, and completely helpless against such an enemy of our own strength. Father, We need Thee every hour. And that includes this hour right now. Please keep us, Lord, as we go into enemy territory, that You will come, Father, the great, um, the, the Almighty, Father, with the spirit of the sword of Your own mouth, Father, and keep back the enemy from us. We pray, Lord, that that You will bind, Father, any demonic influence that may try to come into this place. Father, we pray that, that You will stay back as the enemy comes in as a flood, that You will lift up a standard against him, which is that tree we heard about, the cross of Jesus Christ. Father, we need Your help. Please come, Lord, and meet with us in a special way. In Jesus' name, Amen.